0: This is Investor Creator. All right, guys, first episode of Tuesday Morning Coffee, and it feels like I don't—I don't know lo- how long. It feels like such a long time. This is like homecoming, like we're well, coming home once again. I know we've—we hadn't done one in a almost a month, almost a month, or maybe a month. I don't know because we had Mastermind. That's right, and you know it takes us about a month to recover from that. Whew! Talk about moonshine. Yeah, we did talk. about <laughs> that is true. You know, that is true. Were you there when I asked the group how many people had moonshine? And it was about, yes, it, it might have been half Yeah, people raised their hand. Yeah. But I don't think it's possible that there was a highlight socially better than Frank Sinatra going into
1: the speakeasy. I'm just going to say I, I felt bad for Frank after James opened up that speakeasy in the men's restroom out in the lobby. And uh, because it was kind of an exodus out of there. And even Frank, when he finished his uh,
0: his stick, he came out and wanted to go to the speakeasy. Yeah, that's true. And and I do feel bad for him because he went in with the toupee, and I'm not sure if he left with it. I'm going to tell you what. I think he did, but it had shifted. shifted it, just and amazing. he had a sideburn right, right across <laughs> one eye. <laughs> well, very good. <laughs> Very good. So it's our first uh, Tuesday morning coffee back. If you're new with us, uh, we're here to talk about real estate investing. We're believe it or not, the Believe it or not. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll possibly get around to it. But uh, mm. here, here's where I want to kind of start off. There, there's an old business story about Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. Mm. And so the, the story goes, I don't know if this is true or not, but the story goes that Bill Gates was in his infancy of, of growing Microsoft. Okay. And not many people know this, but his father was a pretty prominent attorney. And so... Gates' father. Correct. Yeah. So he's a pretty prominent attorney, I believe, in Seattle. I could be wrong on that, but I believe in Seattle. But Bill Gates' mother knew that Bill was kind of coming up and had heard of this other investor that might be able to help him. His name was Warren Buffett. Ah. And this was somewhere in the the 70s, 80s, you know. So Warren Buffett was known, but not known as to be as prominent as what he is now. exactly. And so Bill Gates' mother sent a dinner invitation to Warren Buffett, being the good mother that she is, and Warren Buffett accepted. Okay. And so here they are at the table having dinner, and the mother asks a question, not necessarily to anyone at the table, but to the table as a whole. What do you attribute your business success to? And the story goes that Warren Buffett and Bill Gates at the same time answered a one-word answer, focus, focus. At the same time. Oh. Okay. And so couple that with Mastermind that we just came back from, where we have a a really, it's not a very homogenous group. You know, we have people from all walks of life, from all over the country, from different financial backgrounds. Yes, very diverse. Yeah, very diverse backgrounds. But even within that, I can see that there are, are themes across people's journey. There are themes across people's journey. Right. And so I was thinking about, the two kind of coupled together that both Bill Gates and Warren Buffett attribute their business success to the word focus and that we have what appears to be certain paths that people go on. So right. to the point that it's fairly predictable, you know, I can tell when someone's losing some steam, I can tell when someone really has the, the wind at their back and they have the momentum, Right. we can tell what the next problems are going to be. And so the, the theme of Tuesday morning coffee today is what's the one thing? What's the one thing? What's the one thing? And so, um, and there was a, a book by Gary Keller who started Keller Williams Realty called The One Thing or something like that. I have not read it. I'm guessing that there's going to be some parallels across what we're talking about today, Maybe. just based on the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I could be wrong on that. Right. But uh, it's like, what's the one thing? And so I think that the smarter a person is that it's much easier for that person to get caught up in the details. So my engineers, my accountants, my doctors, my attorneys that join with us they have a tougher time at the beginning that's right. because they're too smart. That's right. And so, and you think about which, it. Which which it
1: actually explains why I've done so well at it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's true. Tony. Yeah, overly smart can slow you down. <laughs> so, but especially the engineers, they want to know how the car works before they turn on the ignition. Right. You know, they want to know, well, what's my third hire going to be before they get their first deal? Uh-huh. And there's, there's value in that, as long as there's energy and momentum you're creating, you're doing, but it's very easy for smart people to live in their head and not create action. Right. Right. It's true. So with that, everybody's going to have a different <clears throat> focus as to what their focus needs to be on. Right. And so depending on where you're at in the business, so going back to the room, we had people that started with a, a million in cash we had people that started with a hundred hundred bucks. Yeah. I was much closer to the hundred bucks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
0: I know you were too. Yep. Okay. We have some people that I was actually about negative 800,000. Well, that, that is true. That's true. That's probably (laughs) a story for a different day. (laughs) That's right. So, you know, if you're at at break even, you have 800,000 more dollars than what Tony did. That's exactly right. Okay. But we have people that, Our engineers and accountants, we have people that uh, work very, very blue-collar jobs in factories. We have people that come from money. We have people Mm -hmm. that don't. We have people that have college educations. We have people that don't have high school educations. Mm -hmm. We have people that are not legal citizens. Tugboat captain. Tugboat captain. Oil rig Yeah, oil oil rig worker out on a platform. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's a great thing. Truck drivers. Yeah, truck drivers, a lot of truck drivers. And that's a really great thing, but it also creates a challenge. In that we can't take the same person down the same path and everybody starts at the same place and everybody ends at
1: the same place because everybody has
0: a different beginning, everybody has a different goal. Mm -hmm. So the ending point is going to be different as well. Mm -hmm. But that's a lot of fun for me.
1: It is. You know, I mean, one of the things I like about the program is there is a path and not everybody starts on the path at the same spot. You have to find, but one of the things that we've seen happen, and 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 uh, there's a couple of guys uh, who gotten in in the last about three months, and love them to death. Talk to them a couple of times a week. You know, they they were further along because they've been doing some of this. They jumped in the path back here, but they wanted to do start where they were the, with the stuff they had to start with. So since they missed all of this, their mindset didn't. didn't
0: yeah, you got to unpack this a little bit because this is valuable.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of these guys is in is in LA and the other one's in DC. And so they had been finding leads and buying houses and flipping stuff and wholesaling a lot of stuff. So they felt like they had all of that down. Even though they knew that we did it differently, they felt like they could do the same thing from the beginning and get the same result. And so after two months of frustration, man, they were frustrated. This is not working for us. Right. And I said, well, uh, you know, it's because you of uh, the way you're marketing, which we talked about in the beginning. But they felt like they knew how they needed to do that. Right. So we, I, I said, look, I never do this, but I'm gonna set up a Zoom call, and I'm gonna ask Brad to get on it for 15 minutes, and I would suggest that you pay attention to a guy that's buying a million dollars of equity a month. And they said. They were frustrated enough that time. They said, "Okay, <laughs> you spend 15 minutes with them, help them see a different thing." They are—I think their first month now. They—they they just finished their first month in it, and they put six properties under contract in the first month. They did it this way. So even though they started down path a little bit, they had to actually go back to the beginning, yeah, and then come back down that path. Now these two guys are great. They picked up the frame. They already had the frame, and so when it, you stick that script in a in a good frame they're going to do well, which is why they put six under contract. Yeah. And they were doing sub two. They weren't doing it before, but all of a sudden they were doing sub two. Well, they're doing some now, some later. They knew that they should wait. Uh, on on getting that some now some later until after they get it under contract and get that inspection back and then they found some leverage yeah. to come back. I mean it's really good
0: to watch them. They're they're on fire right now. And it's a lot of fun to see that kind of growth that fast. And that's what can happen when you plug into a good system. What do you think their equity position is? Four five hundred dollars I would
1: say probably they're around three fifty to five. Three fifty just in those first deals. Yeah. Heck, if they were in three, their first. first month they did it right. I mean, touchdown.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are trying to do that per year. So uh, it's a lot of fun to see that. But their focus changed. Oh, their focus changed.
1: And they are just as happy as they can be, man. They love getting on those zoom calls and they're just like, Hey, Tony. Okay. Now we've got seven deals. We want to run by you here real fast. I said, dude, we got 15 minutes. Okay. Then shut up so we can talk. I mean, they're on fire. Two minutes
0: each. They're on fire. (laughs) And I love their energy, man. Like they come to the support calls and you know, their energy is infectious. I always (laughs) love to see them.
1: On Wednesday night on the accountability call, before we even start, My moon's hand, he's already put the little hand raise thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We haven't even started yet. The hand raises up.
0: Yeah. I usually have a a race between, uh, it's usually Christian and Kevin online. So it's like, and Shannon. So I don't, I don't know who's going up first. Uh, Uh, You know, that's (laughs) how it goes. All right, guys. So what's the one thing, what's the one thing in your business that you have to focus on to get traction? Like we're talking about, right? Right. Everybody has a one thing. So let me just preface it by: everybody has a one thing. I have one thing. You have one thing. What that one thing is is going to depend on which of these three buckets that you're in, and where the weakest point is in that bucket. Okay. Yes. So bucket one is finding deals. Right. Okay. Finding deals. So how do we find deals in the current market? And I will say we're seeing the shift. We're seeing the shift, kind of like we've been talking about what was coming. We're seeing that that sellers are now a little bit more open to the idea that the market is not what it used to be. We're seeing more wholesalers and listed properties, mm-hmm. not just with our own lead flow, but with people in the group. So we're seeing much, much more of that. So, but what is the one thing that you start off is how do we find deals? Mm-hmm. Okay, we, We've got to get contracts, but that's really going to be broken down into one of three different segments like we were talking about. So the first one is, well, if you don't have sellers calling you, then it doesn't matter how good you are at anything
1: else. Yeah, you can be great at script work.
0: Yeah, so you understand the script work at a, a high level, and that's that's great. But if you, you don't have anybody to talk to, that's, right. that's not, not worth a damn. That's right. Okay. By the way, guys, this is not coffee in this <laughs> coffee cup. Uh, this is my second energy drink. I've been up since uh, about 3 a.m. 3 a.m., uh, got up, did my meditation, hit the gym. Yeah. Back biceps day. Mm, you know, mm, about mm, five thirty, mm. the kids were up and I'm like, what, what are y'all doing up so late?
1: That's right. That's you know, right. So we're we're kind of on fire. Well, I was I was up pretty early myself. This is coffee. It is my second cup of the day. <laughs> you did backs and biceps. Yeah. I did toenails and, and butt stretches. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Actually, not really, <laughs> but that's okay.
0: But it's like, what's the one thing finding deals? First is gonna be lead generation. Okay. If you have good leads, then the second part is going to be about how do we negotiate those leads in a systematic way to get to contract okay so a lot of people feel like they're great at negotiation and it's like the the script work that we have is a prescription for an ailment people don't even realize that they have because yep. they think because they can utter a, a syllable of a number that's lower than what a seller wants to hear that they're they're great at negotiation and that's just not the truth you know you have to do a A variety of things. You have to maintain frame. You can't give an offer. You have to have a path. Okay. You have to negotiate price first and then terms Mm -hmm. in a way that you're never making an offer, Mm -hmm. which is kind of tricky for people. Yeah. If you don't, I mean, if you don't start at their
1: greatest or deepest place of motivation, you are giving away equity already. We have to listen to them we have to let them tell us what their deepest place of motivation
0: is. Yeah, hundred percent.
1: That is our starting
0: point. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And then the third part is really about deal structure, mm. because this is the one thing with wholesalers and just fix and flippers. Adding our deal structure systems that we have often doubles or triples their deal flow from the same amount of leads. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're not and, paying. They're not buying extra leads to get no. these. Yeah, yeah. They're just not throwing them away because they don't know how to do it. Yeah, 100%. And so I'm not sure if the guys that we were talking about earlier came into the program to get away from wholesaling. I know that sometimes people want to keep that wholesaling part of what they're doing Mm -hmm. and then add what we do as kind of like a second branch of the business so that they can create cash flow Mm -hmm. and assets. Mm -hmm. But what I see for the people that come in that way, is like, oh, we're going to continue wholesaling. We're just going to add this in. Yeah. As they do that for about three months, and then they realize like, well, I have all these deals that I could do better. You know? So deal structure solves a lot of problems with the same amount of leads, mm-hmm. you know, so that's super helpful
1: for people. Yeah. And, and we think, too, it's, it's tough because we see so much stuff on TV and, and, and online about this two and a half million dollar house in wherever. I mean, uh, who cares if it's two and a half million dollar exit price? The question is, what, what price are we entering at? Right, are we capturing equity on the front end? Right, the the equity can be in a hundred and fourteen thousand dollar house. If you're capturing seventy thousand dollars in that hundred and fourteen thousand dollar exit, then at z- almost no risk. Yeah, I mean, there's a value. There's a risk value you take when you spend $114,000. Well, when you when you sell a hundred and fourteen thousand dollar house, you've captured sixty seventy thousand dollars in equity. When you're capturing even $150,000 in equity on a $900,000 house, mm-hmm.
0: your risk value you. 100%. Yeah,
1: 100%. It's through the roof. So
0: it, it's such a funny thing. People historically in this market, you know, the past three or four years, have really gotten away from being conservative in their numbers. So I, I talked to a guy one time. I think he was in San Francisco, and he said, "Yeah, you know, we go, we go by the 80% rule." Yeah. So what in the hell are you talking about the 80% rule? Mm-hmm. You know, because he's like, well, you know, if we're buying a $2 million property for 1.6, we can still clear, you know, 200K. I'm like, you're going to get slaughtered. Man. Mm-hmm. And with the, the reversal in price, last month was the first month that we had a reduction in price, median pricing across the country. And it was roughly, I'm going to mess it up, but it was somewhere between one and one and a half percent, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Reduction in price, which doesn't sound like much, but whenever you annualize that, it's quite a big figure. Uh-huh. Okay, so those kinds of, of fundamental values don't work and the kind of structure we're talking about. Right. You know, the, the, the type of market system we're talking about. So first focus has to be finding deals, you know, and the sub focus within that, you want to go granular is how can I talk to more motivated sellers and then get those people talking to me and reaching out to me? How do I negotiate in a, a systematic structure? And then third deal structure, how can we create deals that other people can't so I can capitalize and create an asset base that other people won't. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's bucket one. It's gonna be very obvious. If you have, you know, less than say five to ten contracts at a time, then you're gonna be in bucket one. Okay. But then very quickly comes bucket two, which is uh, the the next problem. Once you've solved the marketing problem, you're gonna have a fulfillment problem. And that fulfillment problem starts with capital. It doesn't matter how much capital you start with, okay? I've had People that started off with more than a million in cash, and they think, "Well, I don't have to go and raise money. I got a million bucks, and we can burn through that in mm-hmm. two weeks." Mm-hmm. You know, they go out and buy two or three, four good deals yeah. all cash. Yeah, because they haven't learned the negotiation. Yeah. Cycle, you know, and the deal structure piece. Then they have to go back and, and refocus. Mm-hmm.
1: Like last week, one of my fifteen-minute Zoom calls, guy calls me in and he says, "Look, here's the deal. Here's," I said, "What are the numbers?" We get the numbers there, and he says, "Okay, I need a lender." And I said, "Okay, well, you are—you've already spoken to your first lender," and he said, "What do you mean?" And I said, "Well, your seller—are you really gonna give them forty thousand dollars cash at closing? They're your first lender." Yeah. So you're gonna go back, and you're gonna go directly by the script. What's the least? What's the least? What's the least? And you may capture twenty grand, thirty grand. Right there at zero percent interest. Yeah, because you were looking at them as your first lender. Now, did you take it sub two? Well, no. Well, I'm. I'm. It's a fix and flip. And I said, well, okay. Did you take it sub two? <laughs> he said, well, I didn't think we would take a, a a fix and flip sub two. Why not? Why would you pay fifteen percent to a lender when they already have eighty five thousand dollars of what you need at three point five percent interest? That's
0: right, and and here's a fact, guys. This this is fact. If a seller is so motivated that they're willing to sell to you at a fifty percent discount, they will probably finance it for you if yes. you know how to ask. Yes. So instead of you going
1: out and borrowing hundred and fifty thousand dollars from the lender, you may only need about fifteen.
0: Yeah, that's right. Before you've even got to the fifteen percent money, that that's hundred percent right. And so, bucket two of finding money. So first focus being in a position to find deals, number two is finding money, is really kind of a subsect problem of deal structure in problem one. Most people Mm. don't realize, and and this is a a fundamental thought in business, is most people don't, it's not that they don't know how to solve the problem. It's that they're trying to solve the wrong problem. And I've seen this many times in, in different areas. You know, so let let me kind of unpack this. It's not that they don't know how to solve the problem. They're trying to solve the wrong problem. And so with finding money, I've literally in my entire career not seen a great deal go unfunded, okay? Now I've seen marginal deals not go funded, Mm -hmm. which means that we had a a breakdown either in the lead generation Mm -hmm. or the negotiation or deal structure that happened in that process. But I've never seen a great deal go unfunded. And so if you're in a position where you feel like literally every deal is a struggle to get funded, then it's time to go back and refocus on number one and getting better. I know that that's not a, a fun position, but yeah. if you want to succeed. The quickest way to go forward
1: is to go back. Yeah. Go back to the beginning. Go back to what we've not what got. we If, if whatever got us to where we are is not going to take us further. Well, it will, but it's not where you want to go.
0: Right. I've seen business and, and really, I think most things in life is slowing down to go fast, slowing down to go fast. So it's taken a step back to leap forward. And I mean, we've done this many times in my business and uh, we've helped a, a lot of other people do it, but it's a really interesting concept that for most medium and long term growth, it's going to take short term sacrifice, you know? So with that, Sometimes for you to get really great, you have to, to go back to the basics. So like jujitsu is something that I've done for a long time. It would help me to get a lot better, to go back to the base, the fundamental classes that the people there, I was in there with all people that had been doing it for less than 90 days, but that was super helpful for me to go back. Oh, I forgot about this minor Mm -hmm. detail that applies everywhere, Mm -hmm. you know? So this is really going to be no different. So Bucket one, finding deals. Bucket two, finding money. Bucket three is going to be, well, let, let's just kind of break down where we're at at this point. We're able to, to systematically get contracts that make sense. And we have the ability to fund them. So bucket three, the focus has to be, how do we build a good team? How uh-huh. do we build a company? And so what the focus is there is really going to depend on how deep in this process you are. But this is something that I, I feel like most people know to do and never do. Okay? So we have to start with who are you as a company? Because if you don't know who you are, then you can't begin to to put people in place because y- you don't know what you stand for. Mm-hmm. And so it really comes down to mission, vision, and values within the system. Okay, so mission is we're on a ship. We're going across the Atlantic. So the mission is where are we going? The vision is why are we going there? Mm-hmm. And the values are who's on the ship and mm-hmm. why. Okay, oh, I like this. And so I think it's best to start with the values, okay? And how I was taught to do this is you take four or five people in business that you admire. These may be people that you, you know personally, or they may be people that you just know of. Mm-hmm. And you come up with 10 attributes <clears throat> on each one of them, okay? So like one of mine was Winston Churchill. He's on the wall back here. Mm-hmm. He never gave up. Perseverance, okay? So never. That- <laughs> Never. I used to memorize some of his speeches, uh-huh. you know, because they were so good. This guy had an, a a complete mastery of the en- English language. Okay, somewhat like myself. Somewhat like Tony. <laughs> you know, kind of a a funny story. You know, Churchill would smoke his cigars, and you know, he would all of his speeches were just off the top of his head. So he would just start talking, and he would have his secretary with the typewriter follow him around. And uh, he said, ingemination, which means redundancy. She thought he said insemination. And so that's what she she put down there. And apparently that was not taken well by Churchill. So a little bit of history for you guys. But if we don't know our mission, we don't know our vision, we don't know our values. For values, three, four or five people that you look up to in business, come up with 10 attributes on each one, personality traits, characteristics, mm-hmm. and see what trends across all of them. Mm. because that's what you really value. Mm -hmm. And so that's the lens that you can look at each hire from. Mm -hmm. Because, guys, I I can promise you, if someone's not a culture fit, it doesn't matter how good they are at everything else. Mm -hmm. Now, we've had, I'm not going to say this person's name. Well, we've had two that were not culture fits. you know, And it didn't matter how good they were at their job, even if they had been, they were not a fit culturally for who we are. Yeah, and that's okay. And that's, yeah, that's fine. You know,
1: I mean, if you're not a fit somewhere, I mean, you know, if you're not fitting in, it it could be that I am just a round peg and that's a square
0: hole. That's right. And I need to find me that, that's uh, something I fit in. A hundred percent. hundred percent. So w- once we have the mission, the vision, the values, and these have to be written down, then the next step is, well, what's the goal? Okay. Whenever we talk about mission, that may be a 10 or 20 year mission. When we talk about goal, I like to do those annually. And sometimes it can be middle of the year. So <laughs> yeah. we, we have one person right now where we're going through this for the next 12 months. Like, what are we trying to create the next 12 months? And so we go through the goal because that's going to dictate the inputs that have to, to be done to create the outputs. And so going back to step one, we're refocusing on how many contracts do we make? Mm-hmm. Which is going to backward integrate into what do the ads need to look like, mm. and then what do the key players need to look like mm. in terms of that? Because it's going to look far different at two contracts a month than twenty. Right. You know, it's a far, far different system. So, yeah. at the end of the day, I wanted to give you guys a, a little bit of maybe feedback is the word for you guys to refocus because I think it's one of those things that it's really easy in the life of an entrepreneur to get bogged down in the details. I do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you get bogged in in the details it's really tough to get above it and dream again and refocus and see what's really important. Not only for you as a company, but for you as an individual and then for your team members as well. You know, like these things really matter. But the benefit is you get these things right. Not only can you build wealth, but you can help a lot of people, okay? And that's really what it is for us. It becomes bigger than just you. It really becomes more about what's the legacy? What's the, the impact? that we're trying to leave. Dead on. I mean, my my focus, I have
1: to say, probably has been from the first time I watched you
0: in McMenville
1: do the script.
0: I remember that specifically because they didn't understand, and I said the same thing three times. Yeah. In a, like, verbatim, in yeah. a row.
1: Yeah. And then basically, I mean, I, I was listening to it for the first time, and then I just said the same thing you said, except in my slow southern voice <laughs> and they said, "Oh, okay <laughs> and but the thing for me is that I have to that brings me back. I have a focus word. I've had it ever since we started since that day. My focus word is frame. So usually, if things aren't going well for me, I'm out of whack in reference to frame. yeah. And I have forgotten where I am. I've forgotten what I'm moving from, which is frame. And I'm out here floating around somewhere. Right. And, um, yeah.
0: Well, you can't forget, Tony, number one, you're always in the right place at the right time. So, Christina got these wonderful coffee cups for us. Oh, they're great, Christina. You know? And the t-shirts. Were great. And the t-shirts were great. Boom. I'm running in mine later. So, mm. anyway. Good to be back with you guys. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Uh, Episode of Tuesday Morning Coffee. We'll see you next week. Yeah. God forbid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, But hopefully we'll see you guys next week. Y'all have an amazing rest of the week.